Hey y'all, and welcome back to Hot Takes with Kate. I am so excited for this episode. On this episode, we have Kaylin Henderson. I had the privilege of meeting her through social media, which is definitely a first for me. Uh, But I am so excited to dive into this conversation with her. She is a a golfer. Uh, She also has a company called For the Girls, and they are the cutest hats ever, so you should definitely go and buy one. Uh, But she has the most amazing personality, uh, wisdom, and I am so excited to discuss some hot takes with her on athletics, friendships, relationships, and identity in Christ. So let's go get into the conversation. Let's get started. All right, let's do it. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to hear your hot takes too. Oh, me too. I'm excited. (laughs) All right. uh, Welcome back to my podcast, Hot Takes with Kate. Please welcome Kaylin Henderson. Uh, She is a really cool girl that I got to meet over social media. Uh, which has been really, really fun to do that. Um, it's definitely a first for me, um, bringing someone on the podcast that I met over social media. So uh-huh. I am so excited to dive into this conversation with you, see how Christ has transformed your life, and yeah, bring on some hot takes. So, yeah, I'm very excited. And it's so weird because social media, it connects you so much to other people. Like before oh my going gosh. into it, I'm like, Holy cow, you can just meet so many people. It's just weird. <laughs> it's like it's like online dating for friends. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. There's everyone's like, oh, there's so many downfalls of social media, but there's also so many upsides. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm, I agree. Yeah, so I don't know. I kind of like it. But anyways, okay. Um, hot take number one on athletics, because you're a golfer. Um, people don't know um and you're very good i watch your videos and i try to improve my golf game all the time um i wasn't originally a golfer i was a rower so you know we're trying to get all the help we can get yeah (laughs) um but yeah you're a great golfer um i've taken a lot of your tips but yeah what's your what's your hot take on athletics give us a little bit of your backstory on golfing and things like that yeah so i okay so my backstory on golfing i started playing golf when i was three years old so i was very very young And a lot of people are like, how do you play golf at three years old? Well, my dad, he would always take my brother out golfing all the time. And I was getting jealous. I'm like, oh, I want to go. So my mom, she's like, all right, Kaylin. And she went to one of like these golf stores, bought me a really cute pink outfit. And then when my dad came home from golfing, I was standing on the driveway with my pink golf outfit. And I was like, Dad, I think I was like, Daddy, will you please take me? Something like that. And so oh my he, gosh. <laughs> yeah, he just like melted and was like, okay. So next time he took me out there and we just started putting. Like we didn't do anything like full swings or anything like that. I fell in love with it just from a really oh. early age. Yeah. So I started doing junior golf tournaments at the age of seven. And then that kind of took me to high school. I played on the Westfield High School golf team. And then that took me to college. I played on the University of Indianapolis, that golf team as well. So, I mean, it's been a part of my entire life. And now I play on some mini professional tours. So it's just, it's definitely a very big part of my life. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's so encouraging to hear, like, when you start that young and that you still love it to this day, like, that doesn't happen very often. I feel like in a lot of sports, there people get burnout either from just injury um but i feel like golf is one of those sports kind of just you can play forever your body yep. doesn't usually 
break down from it um, yep. <laughs> as easily as other sports. Uh-huh. Um, and it's one of those things that you can use like in business, you can use it in so many different ways. So that's just so cool that you still are enjoying it to this day. And I love yeah. the pink golf outfit. That's my favorite about <laughs> no. golfing is the outfit. I still have it. I still have that pink no golf No way. Outfit. Yeah. Oh my uh-huh. gosh. That is so, so whenever you have a daughter one day, you have to give it to her. And I know like... I want to. Oh, and the thing is like back then there were no options for young girls. So it was oh, no. so hard to find something <laughs> yep. getting better now, but it was, it's still been kind of hard. Oh yeah. No, it's definitely getting better now. I feel like a lot of the more athletic brands are bringing out golf clothes now because it kind of go inside, coincides with pickleball, which has become a big thing. Yes. So yeah, no, I have totally you, Have agree. you played pickleball? Oh, yeah. I like it. It's fun. <laughs> fun. I love it. <laughs> and it's social. It's like you meet so many people playing pickleball. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I made so I many know. friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, all ages play it, not just, like, the older no, generation. No, yeah. No, it's a big thing. Everyone goes to the pickleball courts and... We all just go out and play. <laughs> but anyway, so kind of after your backstory, what, what do you have a hot take, I guess, on it could be around golf or just around athletics in general? Okay, explain a little bit more in depth. What do you mean? So um, like a hot take, like it could be controversial. So I think, you know, college athletics is overrated or something like that. Okay, got it. I would say <laughs> college is overrated. You sh- I shouldn't say that, but that's kind of how I'm feeling a lot. So, yeah. so because when I feel like people train and they're like, all right, you got to go to college, you got to get your degree, and then you got to go work a desk job and all these things. For me, it was a lot different because my dad, he's a business owner and he's an entrepreneur, and my mom, they've always had this very unique, creative way of thinking, and they always told my brother and I. If you want to go to college, great. Obviously, you're going to go do something. (laughs) But they were like, think outside of the box. Like, think about what your passions are and figure out, you know, how you can help people with it or what you can do. And so, Mm -hmm. obviously, I wanted to play golf in college. So, picked you at University of Indianapolis, and I really liked it. But I, my majors were graphic design and business. I liked it, didn't love it. I felt like I was teaching myself everything. Um, and especially like I was in college during COVID. So that was hard just because, the t- you know, you weren't in person, you weren't um, getting taught by the teachers in person. So I was not the biggest fan of college and I actually ended up leaving. I was telling you that earlier. I ended yep. up dropping out of college just because I just didn't like the whole college experience. And, you know, kind of like going back to the hot take, a lot of people like push the college experience big time. They're like, all right, when you go to college, that's when you drink, that's when you party, you get it out of your system. I feel like that's very universal where people are like, just get it all out of your system in college. I don't know why people think like that. I really don't because, you know, college just be a place where you can grow even more in your journey, whatever you're doing. And so college just was not for me. I think I went to a total of maybe four parties (laughs) in my entire college experience. (laughs) It was just not my scene. And so I felt like I was just kind of in this lull um, with my spiritual life, with my golf game, everything kind of hit a plateau. So I decided to end up leaving college. Best decision I've ever made in my life. And it was really interesting because after I left, you had a bunch of people that were very supportive and they're like, you do you, that's awesome. 
But then there were a bunch of other people that were like, Kaylin, you need that degree. You have to have that. You're not going to have a great life if you don't have your degree. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not going to have a good life? Like, I'm going to work. I'm going to do something. Um, And so it just, it sounds so crazy, but dropping out of college opened up so many doors with like my spiritual life, getting involved in youth ministry, um, starting my own company with one of my friends. And it just started a bunch of stuff and with the social media too. Oh yeah. People think college is the one way to be successful in life. I think that's more maybe like the traditional mindset people have and maybe more so our parents' generation because their parents, you know, their moms couldn't really go to college because women weren't really, um, didn't have the opportunity for that type of education yet. So then they started going to college and it was such a big deal. And now I feel like with our generation, well, you don't have to go to college like to be successful because I mean, you can get a certificate anywhere. Um, you can do so many things online nowadays that I mean, and you think about it, college is so much money. (laughs) Do you like, you think about how many, how much money kids waste on college tuition and they don't even use a practical degree after they graduate. (laughs) Uh huh. Exactly. Well, a lot of people, they don't even, whatever they get their degree in, they, they most likely won't even ever use it. A lot of people go into a different field and it's like not one person ever has asked to see my college degree. Cause like I've worked with, um, (laughs) golf channel and like these big companies never one time have they asked. They just care about the human that you are, you know? (laughs) It's like, it's not like you didn't learn the skills in college, right? Through some of your business classes on how to be an entrepreneur. And there's so many, like, you don't even have to go to college to learn those skills, right? You can learn them online (laughs) classes. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that's, I think that's so encouraging for people to hear because college isn't for everyone. Um, I feel like that's kind of like your hot take. College isn't for everyone. <laughs> I think that's my hot take. Yeah, I could yeah. put like a, like a title on it, but that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, like college is not a necessity for everyone. Um, and, you know, when we talked previously, like how the Lord was calling you to do something different beyond what, you know, you were maybe going to do after you graduated college or did all four years in college. And I think that's just so cool. Um, because I mean, to just drop everything and be like, God, like you have my life and you have the way like that is like full surrender. And that is just so cool. (laughs) Yeah. I just got goosebumps when you said that because it was looking back on it. I'm like, what on earth was going on in my head? (laughs) Because it was for an entire year leading up to when I left college where it was just kind of like on my heart where I just wasn't, I was like, I'm just not happy here. I'm not feeling fulfilled here. And so it just was in the back of my head. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to transfer. But it, it was very heavy on my heart, like leave college, leave college. And a lot of people are like, how do you know when God's talking to you? I have found out that he'll put a thought in my head and it will not go away at all until I do something about it. So that's kind of how I first figured out how God talked to me. And yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's so good. I can because I think people do get confused. They're like, well, how do you know if it's God actually talking to you? And I think too, people don't realize like you have to let the Spirit, Holy Spirit dwell within you. Like, what are you doing daily to pursue him? Because if you're not doing something daily to pursue him or remind yourself of what his truth and his word is. Yeah. then obviously you're not going to like really hear the way that he or which way he wants you to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also heard that uh, fasting 
people have fasted and felt yeah. God speak to them too. So uh-huh. I don't know. I think there's so many different ways, which is cool. And the thing is, everybody's language with God is different. Like people, yeah. like that's just my way of hearing him. Other people can be completely different. And that's the cool thing. Oh, absolutely. No, I 100% agree. So no, I think that's so cool. I love your story because it's different. And I don't know, you just remind me of Noah, you know, completely just like saying, God, like, I'm going to build this ark for you. And I'm going to drop everything that I'm doing in this world and serve you and do everything that you say. And it's like, if you think about it, yeah, it's so easy. No, it's so hard to do that. So so I, I love it. Yeah. And the thing is what I've all, my parents taught me this big time is you will never learn when you are comfortable. You're only going to learn an uncomfortable like position. So I, there were so many, cause when I was younger, I was so shy. I would not talk to anyone. I was yeah. crazy shy and I will never forget. There would be maybe some groups of people in a social setting. And I was, I don't know, middle school at the time. They would say, Kaylin, go up to that group and introduce yourself and start talking to them. And I'm like, as a shy person, that's the, the scariest thing ever. But they forced me to get out of my comfort zone. And that's how, like, how I'm outgoing today, just because they forced me to get uncomfortable. And then you grow from it. That's so good. I think you're always growing, too. God yeah. is always leading you in different directions. And no matter, he's going to keep opening doors, but he might also close some doors along the way. <laughs> Big time. So, that happens. Yep, absolutely. So, no, that's so good. Um, Well, I guess through that experience, what was the biggest lesson that you learned? Mm, One, definitely follow your heart. That was definitely big for me. Um, And then kind of going back to the uncomfortable thing, we need to start, like, I really learned to start getting comfortable in uncomfortable positions. That was something that was huge for me because before – you know, no one likes feeling uncomfortable. Not one single person does. But now I've really learned, like, holy cow, this is where I'm doing the most growing at. And I'll also never forget this. I So I signed with Adidas at the beginning of this year. And they had this launch party for a few products. I knew not one single person there. I walked into this building, and there were probably 200, 150 to 200 people there. And they're all, like, in groups talking. I'm like, holy cow, I am uncomfortable. I've got to do something. So I'm like, all right, shoulders back. You got this. I'm uncomfortable, but I'm going to grow. You know, and then you walk right up to the groups and then you just kind of introduce yourself and then boom. And that was a really big learning lesson for me too, just because once again, I was very uncomfortable, but you really got to get out of your comfort zone. And it just, it just helps you talk to people and stuff. So it's been good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I feel like God has definitely moved in your life uh, just from the brief conversations I've had with you. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, through every experience, there is something to learn, whether it be good or bad. So yeah. that's why I always like to ask, you know, what was the biggest lesson learned? Because if someone's thinking about maybe in the same situation as you, maybe college isn't for me, you know, and I'm so scared to drop out because it's, I think yeah. there's like this judgment in society, like, oh, if I drop out of college, you know. It is, people get so judgy about it. And I'm not saying like, everybody go drop out of college. It's great. (laughs) Sometimes it's not for everybody, but you will get a lot of judgy eyes. You just have to know like, okay, this is my life. You know, God is the one that cares. You know, I'm focusing on what I'm doing. I'm not going to focus on these other people's judgments because it'll bring you down at the end of the day. Like you don't want that. So just, you got to focus on what's really important. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, no. And I think there's judgment everywhere on social media, especially. 
Um, I think it's along with everything, but I feel like when we're being judged, we're more so likely doing the right thing, especially when it comes to our faith. Um, because you know, God said, or Jesus said, um, that, you know, everyone hated me first. So don't worry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're covered. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But anyway, we'll go on to second hot take kind of shift gears. Um, let's talk about friendships because I feel like this is a huge topic, um, amongst girls. There's always girls drama within friendships. I feel like a lot of our lives. Um, and I think in young adult years is when we finally start to be like, okay, this is how I need to navigate it. Um, so what is one thing that you have maybe learned or you just have an opinion on with, um, friendships in general? I would say, cause I was really thinking about this last time we talked, I'm like, all right, what is the biggest thing that I've learned? And it's for friendships to look on what's on the inside and not the outside. I remember when I was in high school, you know, sometimes you like, you lean towards people's appearances because you're like, all right, this is the group and you lean towards their, what they look like. Bad idea because what counts is what's on the inside. And so what I've realized too is the best friendships that I have, their personality is incredible. We have so much fun together. We laugh together. But it's like I had to stop looking because I was judging. That's what it really was. When I was in high school, I actually I judged people harshly and it was so wrong of me. And I've noticed how God has brought so many people into my life that maybe I was like kind of judging before. But I'm like, what am I doing? Like you got to look on what's on the inside and how their heart actually is and what their heart posture is. So I would say that's my hot take on friendships is it doesn't matter what they look like. You just want to focus on their morals, their values, and mm. kind of just their personality. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like, honestly, that can kind of go two and two with relationships and friendships. Oh, big time. <laughs> yeah, like dating, friendships. I feel like they all kind of go inside, to be honest. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Because I think automatically when you see someone, you're like, oh, I could be friends with them because they you know, look like they dress the same as me. and. Yeah have all these similar interests, but you're just doing it based off of what, like one second interaction or interaction. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's really good. Um, well, I guess kind of going off that, what is the biggest lesson you've learned in finding good friends? Hmm. The biggest lesson I have learned it's friendships have been actually very tough for me over the years because I feel like um, once again, girls, they can be very drama-filled in their friendships. And so yeah. I feel like as soon as I start getting close to somebody, there's like there will be jealousy or something like that, and jealousy will get in the way, and then it just kind of ruins the friendship. So that's been the most frustrating part with me for friendships, and that's why I was telling you that I had to start looking inward because when someone is filled with, like, for instance, self-confidence from God, they're not going to really be jealous of you because they're secure in who they are. So I would say looking mm. for security within somebody. I think that's been really big for me because, yeah, it's just, it, let's say if you have someone who's very insecure in their relationship, like they don't have a relationship with God, maybe they mm. will, you know, take that insecurity out on you and then it'll just, it'll just cause drama. Yeah. Insecurity is a big thing. Um, and I mean, we all have insecurities, I would say, but I think what you're trying to say too, is like, there's another form of insecurity where they don't know who they are. They're trying to figure life out still. And 
we all are trying to figure life out still, but in a sense of who they are in Christ. Yes. And um, I think just knowing who you are as a child of God and um, how he made you and he made you in his own image and uh, he's only going to bless your life when you give your life to him, yes. um, that, you know, he transforms you. And when someone's transformed, they exude joy. Every part of their life is just so much more fruitful. Yes. Yep. And that's what I was trying to say, like security in God, yeah. not like... Cause you're yeah. like every single person. <laughs> well, even insecurity too, um, kind of going off that, I think in friendships, it's almost um, kind of good to have secure friends, right? Because if you're feeling like, for example, body image, um, insecure about that or insecure about maybe someone in your life, like, you know, I don't know how they're, you know, impacting me or um, are they the right person to keep in my life? I feel like good, close community and friendships are important to have because they'll help you decipher, okay, is this person going to, you know, help me grow or is this person going to kind of bring me down the wrong path? Yes. And yeah, exactly. Like you want a friend to bring out the best version of yourself. Same with the relationship. Like that's what you want. You don't want someone constantly cutting you down and bringing you down and that's why I found I feel like a lot of my friends are about 40 years old because they've gone through <laughs> life they've gone through life and they're secure in their relationship with God and I, I think that's why my best friend is my mom because her and I like mm. we just share the same values we do everything together so yeah. that that's like my number one friend is my mom <laughs> oh my gosh no I love that so much because Honestly, I'm probably my best friend is my mom. I know. It's a good <laughs> because, friend to have. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. I've learned a lot through friendships too in the past year. Um, and I always thought I need to have this big group of friends in order to like be fulfilled um, with, you know, how people view me. Like if she doesn't have a lot of friends, you know, what's wrong with her? Yeah. Um, and it's totally the opposite. I think God wants us to have a very small inner circle um, not to say you can't have multiple different friends. Like I totally believe you should, um, yeah. go hang out with people, go to dinner with people. But I think, um, uh, having that close knit community, who can I trust? Yeah. Honestly, like you can't not trust your mom. I mean, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> she mom. has your best interest for you. Yeah. So, um, and it's such a blessing to have that, um, as well, you know, um, I know there's maybe people that don't have, you know, moms or that, um, connection, but, um, I feel like God will place someone in your life, um, like that, whether it be a mentor or just someone that comes into your life at the most unexpected moment that you can trust with your whole heart, um, and just has the best interest for you because that's what you want in a friend, someone exactly. who has your best interest. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. A friend should always have your best interest. Then you'll, then yeah. you'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, a hundred percent. So, um, Okay. How have you looked for friends like post COVID young adult years? Cause it's a big transition, um, that are like-minded. Uh, do you have friends that maybe aren't so like-minded kind of tell us more about like how you navigate that in your young adult years? Yeah. So college, like, high school, all those years. Yeah. So once again, like it, it can be hard, definitely finding friends. So the way I have found friends is one through golf. I mean, you, a lot of times you find yeah. friends through what you do. So like your hobbies, mm -hmm. So golf has been a big one. That's where a lot of my friends have come from. But then another one has been, you know, from my church, all um, like youth ministry and things like that. Mm. That's been awesome because once again, they have very similar morals and values. 
Um, so I would really say I get a lot of my friends, this sounds weird, but I get a lot of my friends from the golf course or like a church organization, something like that. And yeah. a lot of people too, they've come up to and they're like, I need to find a boyfriend. There's no good boys out there. Like what's going on? I really think the best, because a lot of people meet guys through bars. And I just sometimes don't think that's the greatest place to meet a guy. It's like, all right, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's meet him somewhere wholesome maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, so like getting involved in, you know, like a small group or something at church, I think that is awesome to meet a guy through there and friends just in general. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I think yeah. you definitely try to find the guy where you are, you know, what are you looking for in a guy? Obviously, you know, that would be definitely a man of God, um, yeah. and who has a heart for Jesus. And, um, I think, I think church is one of the greatest places to find that because you already know where they're aligned. Um, yeah. and especially if they're involved. Um, but yeah, no, I think well, dating is just whole other uh, <laughs> topic of yeah. discussion um but yeah no I think finding good friends that's a good place to to meet them that's definitely where I've met um good like-minded people yeah. um and it's easy because you already know where they stand on a lot of things exactly well and the thing is there's like on the opposite side of that I have a ton of friends who don't really have a great relationship with God but I think that's awesome as well because let's say you have some friends that like don't have the best relationship with him or maybe they don't even believe in him. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to hang out with them because they don't have the same morals as I. I don't like that either because that's also kind of judgy. And you just want to lead by example. I think that's been my biggest thing is, okay, no matter who, my, who I'm around, I just want to lead by example. And then maybe one day they'll be like, huh, I wonder where she's getting this like happiness and joy from. And then they'll start asking themselves questions and then maybe one time they ask you about God or like, why are you so, I've gotten that question sometimes. They're like, Kill, why are you always so happy? I'm like, it's because I've yeah. got Jesus in my heart. I'm not I'm <laughs> joyful. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. I think having friends as well who don't maybe believe in the same thing as you, that is a-okay too. It's actually a good thing because it's just another opportunity for you to like talk to them about it. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. I think you do need to have those people in your life too, because, well, I think sometimes I also learn from people like that just yeah. about life and like how maybe Christianity has hurt them and how there's a lot of Christians out there that can hurt people who are non-believers and have either pushed them away from the church, which is honestly just so sad because yeah. it's not a representation of who God is. Um, and that's just a representation of honestly, humanity yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um and yeah no i totally agree with that i think the best way is to show people um and like you said when you have you know jesus in your heart like you're just so happy like yeah. you know even in tough circumstances during adversity like you still have joy mm -hmm. exactly so cool. and like that's where that's where the joy stems from is just god that's really all it is like it sounds so simple but um <laughs> It is very sad because a lot of people, the like whole religious thing, it's been ruined for them from some people. Like maybe um, yeah. there's been people who have said, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And then they do something like terrible to them. That's not a Christian. Like that is just giving, I always feel like we are God's representatives. Like we represent God and it's like, we want to represent him in the best way. So that's why leading by example is huge. But it is sad that, you know, Christianity, it's been ruined for some people. 
I think people who are non-believers, you, I think they do understand this, but I think when you're a Christian, you kind of view it differently, um, especially around forgive, forgiveness, um, because we're all broken and we're all imperfect yeah. and we're never going to be perfect. We can do our best to lead in the way that Jesus did, but we're never going to be Jesus. We're never going to be God. Yeah. Um, and I think I've definitely put that pressure on myself to be quote unquote perfect and do everything right in my life. Yeah. And man, has God shown me and been telling me how to give grace to myself uh-huh. <laughs> and other people? Because sometimes when you expect that of yourself, you kind of portray it on other people. And I think that's a common church mentality and you have to be careful not to get into that mindset of, Oh, I have to be perfect. And if this person, you know, commits their life to Christ, they also have to be perfect. And it's like, no, they're going to stumble. Um, everybody does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So no, I think that's good. Um, well, how do you think God has taught you to be a good friend? Oh, that's a good question. I like that one. (laughs) Let me think here. Well, I would say this, um, because in reality, like God is our friend. That's like who he is. He's a father. He's a friend. He's basically everything to us. So I feel like he's taught me how to be a good friend by just communicating with him. Because so let's say you're praying to God. It's just like you're having a conversation with a friend. You talk and then he's listening and then he talks and then you listen. And I think I think one of the best ways to be a good friend is to be a good listener. A lot of people oh. like to talk, 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 but they don't actually listen. Um, and a really good uh, piece of advice that someone once told me is sometimes, you know, when you're kind of doing small talk and maybe you're kind of anxious in those social settings, so you're always thinking of the next thing to say. I used to do that. I used to be like always thinking of what to say next so there was no silence or dull conversation. But then they're like, But then if you're always thinking, you're actually not listening to what they're saying. Uh, And I'm like, oh, that's a great point. And they're like, Kaylin, if you just zone in on them and listen to every single word, naturally you're going to have questions or things are just going to naturally come up in conversation. I was like, that's a great piece of advice. And so Mm. my biggest thing is just listening. Some people... They don't even want to hear you talk sometimes. They just want someone to listen to them if they're going through something. So I would say listening is the biggest one. Oh, that's so good. And that's something that I've actually been trying to work on. Yeah. Um, Because God is such a good listener, if you think about it. I also heard this. The person who has the least amount to say at first is probably the one to listen most closely to because they're usually the ones listening very closely to you. Um, and they're really trying to understand where you're coming from, from all different angles. So when they respond after hearing you talk, they really know, um, you know, what you were saying, uh, mm-hmm. because I think we can listen to people, but a lot of things just go over our head because another thought, like you said, can come up and we we get distracted. But I think like intentional listening is such a good, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and I also, there's like a good example too of a lot of times when people pray to God, I feel like, like, all right, dear God, help me with this. I need help with this. And then I always think of it as like a phone call. It's like you're talking to God, talking to God. You're, you don't just want to like hang up on a friend, you know, because a lot of people will say, no. please help me this, help me this. And then they're like, okay, bye. But no, like we've got to take time to have just some quiet time and listen. 
listening is the hardest part about praying to God because sometimes you don't hear anything and you're like, am I just going crazy? <laughs> oh, so, yeah. it is a thing for yeah. sure. And I think, <laughs> I don't know about if you're like in this season yet, but all of my friends are getting married and yeah. I'm like, God, what are you going to send me my person? <laughs> and man, has it been a prayer for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that we had a message at church a few weeks ago. It's just like the pursuit of prayer. Like God is hearing you. Yeah. But how persistent are you going to be in your prayer and know that he's going to honor the desires of your heart, especially if it's for the glory of him? Yeah. And uh, I think we get very impatient. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like saying, and that's why we question, God, are you hearing me? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Um, and sometimes when someone is just trying to be like, I'm just trying to, you know, lay things out. Um, even when we're talking to someone, you know, give them time to process too, you know. Yeah. Give them time to process to hear what you just said. Were they really listening to you? It's a good question to ask. You know, yeah. did someone really just hear what I said? That's a great question to ask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of times they'll be like, uh, 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 I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they change the subject and then it's like, okay, well, they really didn't care what I just said. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they probably didn't even listen, you know? So. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Um, Kind of going into the final hot take of our conversation, but this can be on anything. It can be on dating, faith, athletics, health, um, community, whatever you want it to be on. Okay, let me think about this one. We could go into like, let's see here. Oh, let's talk about identity. This is a big one. Okay. Okay. Okay, so. Um, rewind a little bit. This is when I left college. I turned professional. I think it was that year I ended up turning professional. Okay. I was very happy. I was doing what I wanted to do. So I actually went to Q school, which is qualifying school for the LPGA and already going into it. I put a lot of pressure on myself because at the time, like I was kind of starting to get into social media. So I felt like I had a lot of eyes on me at the time. And plus, I was just putting pressure on myself. I'm like, all right, I have to qualify. I, t I dropped out of college. Mm. I turned pro. People are going to think, oh, my gosh, she turned pro and then she can't even qualify. What a loser. Stuff like that. And so yeah. those are just the thoughts that were going through my head. So I got to qualifying school. I didn't do as well as I hoped. I think I shot like 73, 78, 74, something like that. Okay. At the time, I was like, I was that was the most down I've ever been on myself in my entire life. After Q mm. school, when I didn't end up qualifying, it affected my mood. And I and like I said, I'm a very joyful person. I was not happy. I wasn't smiling a whole lot. Like my parents were trying to get me out of my funk. They really couldn't. And that happened for, it was like a solid week after that that was going on. And so... I was like, I've got to do something about this because I am just like so down on myself and I don't feel like myself. So I was praying to God and it was so incredibly clear what he told me. Like I had never really heard his voice kind of until then. And it was more so like just a very loud thought. And all I really heard was golf does not define who you are. I do. And the I do was so loud to me in my head. And I just like took a step back when I was praying. I'm like, holy cow, let me revisit that. Golf does not define who I am. I do. Or who you are. I do. 
And when I heard that, I'm like, okay, my focus has got to shift because, you know, in the Bible, God tells us you are loved, you are my child, you are beloved, all these things. And at the time, I felt like golf was my identity. You know, if I would go out there and I would shoot 78, something like that, I'm like, I started to let that define who I was. I'm like, oh, people aren't going to like me if I'm Mm. shooting those scores. And I took a look at my life. I'm like, what am I doing? Golf does not define who I am. You know, whether I play great or whether I play poorly, if someone doesn't like me, if I play bad, then they don't need to be in my life. That's kind of the point that I got to. Mm. And so um, I would say, yeah, whatever you do, your identity should not be defined by that. God is the only one that should define who you are. So that was a big breaking moment for me. And after that, I was like, okay, golf is not just me. So I actually started diving deeper into like other hobbies as well. So that is when the company for the girls started. That is mainly when I dove deeper into youth ministry. I was kind of already in it, but I dove deeper Mm. into it. Um, I started taking up more social media because it was fun. And like, I felt like sometimes tournament golf, it took the fun out of it because once again, you're putting so much pressure on yourself. And so social media part, I mean, it was so fun. You go out there with your camera and your videotape and having a great time. And that's what golf should be. It should be fun, what you love doing. And so I think that's the biggest thing that happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's so good. And it's such a common thing. I mean, everyone I have talked to that has graduated from college, I mean, I went through it. I had an identity crisis. When rowing stopped for me, I had an identity crisis. And I actually had to stop because of injuries. So it was like a whole other thing where I was like, man, like I worked my whole life or not my, I didn't row my whole life, but I rode, you know, all through high school to prepare for this moment in college. And you think like the, when you make it to the collegiate level, that's it. Or the pro level, that's it. You're like, my life is complete. And it's like, wait, this isn't satisfying whatsoever. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with who I am as a person, but you think of it that it does like, you're like, Oh my gosh, my score, uh, my time or how, how I perform is, you know, representation of how people are going to think of me. And it's like the total opposite. And when people would say to me in college, you know, do all things to the glory of God, I was like, what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. And I think it's more so, okay, I might have had a loss on the field. I might've had a loss on the course. I might've had a loss on the water, on the track, but I had a win for the kingdom because I glorified God and all that I did that day. And I did my very best. That is glorifying God, you know, like doing things to your very physical best and being like, gosh, thank you for letting me do this today. You really have to change your mindset. So like after that breaking point for me, or not the breaking point, the turning point, that was not a breaking point, turning. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, not breaking. That was a good thing. Yeah, Um, it's okay. I know what you mean. (laughs) But next time, like when I got on the golf course, like you just said, I had to look at it like, holy cow, look at what I'm out here able to do. Like a lot of people right now, they might be at a desk job or something like that. I am out here doing what I love to be doing. And I had to change my mindset instead of being like, you have to do this. You have to win. Um, Because once again, like if you win a golf tournament, yeah, it's going to bring short-term happiness. But then the next week it's going to be completely gone and you're going to be like wanting something more. You always want like something more if you don't have God in your life because he's that long-term happiness, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that just goes back to the point, like nothing on this earth is going to satisfy us. Nope. Like it comes to an end at some point. I mean, not to be like dark or anything, but we all die at some point. Yeah. Like, and you know, you have to know that like, we're not going to live forever. Um, every day is a gift. And I think we just have to thank God. Like, thank you for just allowing me to be here and serve you. Like what if you think about it, I'm probably going so deep right now, but like, it is such a gift and a blessing. Like, oh my gosh. Um, like even today I was telling you like being busy is such a blessing because I'm like, I get to be around people. I'm moving around, you know, like I'm not stuck at home. And like, I just find that such a blessing. Um, because Mm -hmm. I've been in like that state of almost depression or, um, you know, after losing my sport where I was just like, I have no idea what to do with my life. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And that's what I've realized about a lot of, especially people who play college sports. When that college sport ends, like you said, they have an identity crisis in their head. They're like, holy cow, for maybe, you know, 10 plus years, this is all I've been doing. Now what? And you really have to start to redefine who you are. And norm, like, hopefully that's with God. And you start to redefine who you are. But you got to dip into other hobbies. You really do. Um, cause yeah, I think that's very important just to kind of just diversify yourself. Oh yeah. You yeah. have to, because if you do one thing, you kind of, you do, you find identity in it. That's I yeah. think why so many college athletes, um, go through that. And I think, you know, when you're in college athletics, majority of your day is like your thought process is about school and athletics and yep. honestly school sometimes takes the back burner which is kind of sad it does. because it's student athlete but anyways besides yeah. The point, <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean it, it takes up your whole life and it does. Um, people don't realize that yep and i was very nervous too because after that whole qualifying thing with the lpga i'm like okay i still want to try and go pro like that that's still my goal that'll always be my goal i don't know if that's going to end up happening but all I know is that like golf will always be in my life because it does make me happy. Like I really do love golf. Um, yeah. But it's like I had to once again diversify myself where I'm doing all these different things. But golf is still there. Um, so it's like that is a passion of mine. And a lot of people after college lose the passion in the sport because of a bad college coach or they're burnt out. Um, so I think it's really cool that like I still love golf. Like I just oh, it makes me smile. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I think it's cool. You're also serving in ministry in golf, like post, you know, college athletics. And while you're going to, you know, try to go pro, like you're also serving. And I think when you are serving for something that God has given you the ability to do and something that you love so much, yeah, you, you are like, it's almost more fulfilling. Yeah. In a sense. I, I can't even explain it. Yeah. Um, but like I went back and I was serving with these rowing girls, um, at my alma mater and, um, you know, I kind of want to get back in the boat now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't go fast, but like, yeah. <laughs> just to go back and enjoy it. Like, it, you know, when you start something, it's just so exciting and like, you know, you don't know what's, there's so many unknowns and it's, you know, it's kind of like the start of a relationship, the honeymoon phase of the sport. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> um, awesome. It's exciting. And I think to keep that excitement is so important and we just tend to lose it so easily. So, yes, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's so good. Um, all right. Final question I have for you. Okay. Um, what do you feel like God is teaching you in this season 
and having a social media platform what do you think god has taught you through that you know we talked a little bit about like the hate and criticism you can get um especially like the more you more people that follow you on social media yeah um which can be really hard uh because they're people you don't know um yeah. so how have how has god like kind of transformed you in this season but also like taught you through that experience as well yeah so this uh, it's a really good question because i never thought that i would have like a social media following ever in my entire life but from an, a very young age and like you can even ask my parents this like it's always been within me and I've always felt like I'm going to have some sort of platform that I can help people with. Mm -hmm. And before like the whole professional golf thing, I always thought it was like, I, God wants me on the LPGA and that's going to be my platform. Um, and that's where I can like share, you know, the positivity and spread the light. But now I'm really realizing that I'm still using golf, but it's through social media that I can spread the positive message because mm. social media, it can be a beast. I mean, it can be used for very negative things, but then like it can also be used for such good positive things. And like, that's what I, that's my whole goal. My whole goal with social media is to be one, my genuine authentic self. Cause it's like, I don't know how to be someone else. Like I'm just me yeah. and so that's a big goal because a lot of people they'll go into social media and they'll put on this persona like oh I'm perfect I have all these things like we're all good no like that's not what life is everybody's carrying yeah. some sort of burden and so I really want to spread just the positive impact on people and that's why I started doing worship Wednesdays um, yeah. with the worship Wednesdays you can get so many negative comments like with the other yeah. posts there's a lot of it is actually very positive um, but with the worship Wednesdays, people either love it or they detest it. And they're like, how do you believe in God? You're such a phony, like all these things. I'm like, how can someone say this? But once again, there's like those little keyboard warriors back there. I mean, they don't say it to your face, but they'll say it on the phone. Um, I know. And so really with the worship Wednesdays and the negative comments, you just have to ignore them. I mean, people... A lot of people don't like God and like that actually, it, it really hurts my heart because I remember the, one of the first times I posted a worship Wednesday, I said posted really weird right there. Um, okay. but one of the first times that I posted one, someone said something so mean about God and I was like not offended about it for myself. I was so upset for like God that someone would say that to him. Um, so that's been kind of hard to deal with, but really at the end of the day, people, you're always going to have to realize people are not going to like you sometimes and people are going to love you sometimes. You just got to be you, don't let it affect you and just move on. I've posted like a few TikTok videos with my podcast and some people's hot takes, you know, a lot of them are around faith and yeah. um, <laughs> there have been some interesting comments, but every time I get one, I'm like, I laugh so hard, Yes, <laughs> which is bad. And maybe that's like my reflex, but I'm like, why do people put hateful things out there in general? Like, why do you have time to do that? Yeah. Um, and I think there's honestly so much hate in the world with so many things going on, yeah. which is very sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely this attack on Christians. Um, yeah. and you know, if you believe in God, it's like, Oh, I don't believe in your God. Your God is awful. And yeah, you yeah. know, they, then, you know, eventually you find out it's because people have hurt them, in yeah. the church, which we were talking about. Um, and that's just really 
honestly. That's yeah, and a, lo- and a lot of times I feel like it's the people who are unhappy, those are the people that have like those hateful comments. And so you, you normally don't get a happy person doing those hateful comments because they're mm-hmm. fulfilled within themselves. It's the people that are unhappy. Yeah, I yeah. love that. No, that's so good. Well, uh, Kaylin, this is so much fun. Uh, I loved your hot takes. Um, I love how the Lord's moving through you. And um, yeah, I think I'm going to continue to watch your golf videos. <laughs> I'm, it's my new hobby, post-rowing. Yeah. So um, we're getting better. Good. Um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, this is so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Oh my goodness. Um, I can't wait to air this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's going to impact so many people. So, yes. so of course. Uh,